Ah, here we go. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> let's. Look, we're gonna we're gonna go right back here to Second Chronicles again. But let me open this up again just a moment. Oh, oh, right here's what I'll see. Oh, oh. You know your Bible's laid out. I mean, really. Oh, you know it's not. It's not like I jokingly say. It's like Confucius say. You know. Oh, this is totally historic. From one end to the other, it's historic, and it's laid out historically. All the way to the end. Even when you get to the New Testament, it's uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. You start out in Matthew, it's, it's actually genealogy. All the way back to, uh, to Abraham. Uh, but Luke goes all the way back to Adam. And somebody's dead wrong because where's the dinosaurs and where's, you know, where's the evolution? There's not any evolution. This place is younger than you think. I mean, our Jesus is just flat dead wrong because he said in the beginning he made him male and female. But no, Jesus is not dead wrong. He, he believes his heritage. Remember, Jesus was always around. He just, you know, when he was born of the virgin there, that's just the, the uh, you know, the Lord became flesh and dwelt among us. He'd always been here. Okay. But anyway, uh, as we go down through history, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you know, uh, this is all about a family here. I mean, by the time you get to the 12th chapter, well, Genesis 1, you got Adam and Eve, okay. But then you see their descendants, and then there's a flood by the 6th chapter. And then 7, 8, and 9, they're still in the boat. And 7 and 8, and then it's Noah, and then everybody starts out from Noah, his three sons. Shem, Ham, and Japheth, you know, Curly, Larry, and Moe, whatever, whatever. I mean, you get it. We understand there's three of these guys. The Canaanites came from Ham, Okay. And it tells you who their tribe leaders were and who these guys were. Anyway, all of a sudden, you see this, this, the descendants of Abraham. You start picking up with Abraham at the end of the 11th chapter. His dad was Lamech, whatever, Nahor, all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, God says, Abraham, you know, if you'll follow me, says, you know, I'll make you, I'll bless you, and I'll, I'll bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. Well, we have, that, we have that same blessing of Abraham on us. And so the trail is fantastic. We get three generations in Genesis, all of Abraham's life, which is fantastic. The, sto- the stories, the troubles that we could ever face, if, we, if you watch those stories, just bedtime stories or whatever, the stories you see about, about Abraham, they're your stories. One day Abraham was praying for his, his nephew Lot because he thought, oh no, Lot lives down there in Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, you know about Sodom and Gomorrah, right? They were toast. Well, Abraham prayed for his nephew to get out. And that's where you have that wonderful story that those two angels went down there, got them all out in their families, and also was the angels were going to, he said, you got anybody else in this town? Well, I got some, my daughters have got uh, fiancés and stuff, but the fiancés said, ah, y'all are crazy, you're out of your mind. But God still got them out. And very, at the very end of that story, when Lot got out, it says, so the Lord answered Abraham's prayer. So, well, gee, golly, gee, I can't wait to get to heaven and ask him about what a wonderful pitter-patter of the heart that happened to him. You know? No, we do the same thing. Go praise the Lord. All the blessings of Abraham, they're ours too. Anyway, you know the rest of the details here. It goes off into Exodus. You got Pharaoh, coat of many, I mean, you got Joseph, coat of many colors and all this wonderful stuff, you know. And then all of a sudden, uh, at the tail end of that, this is actually the start of, of Exodus, you've got Moses. Let my people go because the people are what? They're in trouble. And sometimes we miss that. Well, life's full of hard knocks. The hard knocks started in Exodus chapter 1, and by 15 they were out. And the whole time Moses was there, the Israelites, not even a dog, the Scriptures barked at them. That'd be something. 
And we think God doesn't want to have anything to do with us today. God don't even want a dog barking at you. Praise the Lord. This is fantastic. Okay, now we're going to skip down through here. It's historic, 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 historic. I mean, even the book of Ruth is historic. Ruth is actually grandma to David. And it's a story about it. Okay, but anyway, let's keep clicking here. And you get on down here, and you've got 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. There wasn't like two Samuels. That's, it was the book by a prophet, guy, well, a guy by the name of Samuel, okay. And that's where you have all, this is all about, you could just call this David, King David. Now, there was a king before him, Saul, and he's written right here. Then you got First and Second Kings. They're just, see, people took historic notes and they wrote them down. And these are chronologically in order. This is, rela- this is, this is recap. When you get into First Kings, a little bit of recap here and here. First Kings, Second Kings, it's a recap of Second Samuel. Uh, a little bit. And then in Chronicles, these two overlap some of the same similar stories, which is fantastic for you and I because it's not like, well, somebody drunk wrote the Bible. Well, they sure were coordinated. <laughs> Man, they sure had some accurate stuff. Okay, we're going to pick up over here in Second Chronicles, and it's about the, ah, uh, uh, let's see, King David's great, uh, great, 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 great grandson, which would be uh, the name of a guy named Hezekiah. Okay, Hezekiah was 25 years old. Now again, why do we read these stories? Well, praise the Lord. Jesus is not like, well, he's somewhere out back. No, Jesus is right here in the middle of this. Jesus, we already know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Matter of fact, when Jesus gets here, he sure didn't stay long. Hezekiah was 25 years old, and he reigned 29 years. Can anybody tell me how long Jesus had his public ministry when he finally would say, well, you're the son of God. It was just three years. We don't have very much at all. We should have volumes and volumes and volumes about Jesus. No, we don't. Uh Uh-oh. He was here for a reason. John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God? What the heck does that mean? He's our sacrifice. That's exactly what that means. So let's pick up with Hezekiah. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became the king of Judah. Okay. And he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. Places that don't exist. Oh, yes, they do too. Yeah. His mother's name was Abijah. What a name. <clears throat> the daughter of Zechariah. His reign was generally good in the Lord's sight, just as uh, his ancestor David had been. In the first month of the first year of his reign, he reopened the doors of the temple. Huh? Who closed them? His daddy. What a, what a loser. His daddy. Um, Say, well, oh my gosh, you got to go to preacher school to get this. No, all I got to do is back up. It was old Ahaz was his name. Wow, real hard to do. One little chapter about him. This guy was terrible. Look what he did. He followed the examples of the kings in Israel that worshipped the idols of Baal, the two cows that got him out of Egypt. Oh, yeah, the two cows that split the Red Sea. Yeah, the two cows that brought the locust in. No cows did anything. And those were supposed to be God's people. And the Lord was very hot about that. Okay, anyway. So look what else he did. Not only did he burn incense to those idols, he sacrificed his own children in the fire. Man. And he also brought, he, this guy was so bad, he, uh, he, his dad was so bad, he, um, he actually uh, closed up the temple. Said, you know, nobody's going to be worshiping the Lord. We'll close it all up. So anyway, boy, thank God uh, Hezekiah wasn't that way. So let's see what happens to Mr. Hezekiah. Okay, so uh, in the first month of his reign, he reopened the doors of the temple and repaired them. He summoned the priests and the Levites to meet him in the open space east of the temple and addressed them as follows. Listen to me, you Levites. Now, remember, the Levites were the ones that Moses said were supposed to take care of things in the temple. Okay. 
Clean all the debris out of this holy place. What, they make it a junkyard? It was worse than a junkyard. They had the, the, they had the sun god stuff in there. You know, the, you know all the whatever. <clears throat> oh, he's, for our forefathers have committed, committed a deep sin before the Lord their God. They abandoned the Lord, his temple, and they turned their, their backs on it. The doors have been shut tight. The permanent flame has been put out. See, a lot of times when it was reading, I like burning candles and stuff. They had a candle always burning inside. There. It, was, it was supposed to reflect the eternal presence of the Lord. Now, where's the Lord when you need him? Hello. Anybody see a candle in here? Hello. You know, it was just to represent the Lord's always with you. But sometimes today we have troubles and we go, oh, God, where's God when you need him? Well, he won't help me. And the candle's burning right there. It's our fault. We don't believe he's there. And trust me, help yourself. Jesus was, was walking on the water and Peter saw him. And remember what happened? Peter said, hey, if it's you, tell me to come out there. And Jesus said, well, I ain't going to deny myself. Yeah, come on out there. Come on. Peter starts walking. And then what happened to Peter? He started drowning. <laughs> what was the problem? Oh, it's God's will. No, it wasn't. It's Peter's stupidity. Remember, it's still storming out there. He's still having to step over big, huge waves. But he saw the wind and the waves. And he got afraid. The Lord didn't say, watch me trick him, guys. Watch this. He, he didn't trick him at all. Matter of fact, Peter had enough sense to know when he started to drown, he said, Lord, save me. He didn't holler back to the boat and say, guys, throw me a lifeline. He said, Lord, save me. And then notice what the Lord said. The Lord said, how little you trust me. King James says, where's your faith? You know, So your faith from moment to moment is critical. And that's what's going on here. Hezekiah's like, we are getting back to the Lord. He is going to help us. Otherwise, this is a waste of time. So watch what this is. Look how, look how great blessings take place immediately. He said, the door has been shut tight. The perpetual flame was put out. You know, the Olympics. Oh, okay. So we get this. And the burnt offerings have not been offered. Therefore, the wrath of God's been upon Judah. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, and upon Jerusalem, because we've been objects of horror. Uh, no, he's caused us to be objects of horror, amazement, and contempt, as you see today. Our fathers been killed in war. Our sons and daughters and wives been in captivity. Well, wait a minute. You got to take a little pain. No, you don't take a little pain with the good. You're either blessed or you're not blessed, praise the Lord. These clowns in the previous chapter, I mean, they, his dad, Hezekiah, Ahaz, sent out the army and practically totally got wiped out. Moses said, every time you go out to battle, you're going to wipe out your enemies. Told them, take the ark out there, take those trumpets, blow them, you'll knock them out. What were these clowns doing? Worship the sun. Oh, you great sun. Oh, yeah. A lot of good the sun does. He's only there 12 hours a day. He's gone, you know. But anyway, he said, but now I want to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. My children, don't neglect your duties any longer for the Lord's chosen you to minister to him and to burn incense. Now, these are the Levites. And the Levites were run out by his dad saying, don't, you don't mess around with this temple anymore. Then the Levites went into action. Well, what'd they do? All right, I'm not going to list all these names, but these guys, these guys, these guys. Of course, that means these guys never existed. No, they did. They had historians. They wrote their names down. In turn, they summoned their fellow Levites and sanctified themselves and began to clean up this, uh, and sanctif uh, sanctify the temple as the king, who was speaking for the Lord, commanded them. The priests cleaned up the inner room of the temple and brought out into the court all the filthy decay they found there. The Levites carted away all of it to the brook of Kidron. Now, these were idols and junk they had in there. It all began on the first day of April, and by the eighth day, this only took them a week and a day. They had uh, reached the entire court, which took eight days to clean up. So the entire, day, the entire job was done in a little over two weeks. 
Okay, they went back to the palace. They reported to King Hezekiah. We've completed the cleansing of the temple and the altar of the burnt offerings and its accessories. Also, the table of the bread of his presence and its equipment. Now, remember, that bread, it was bread also of his presence. I mean, this is what's so cool about it. It wasn't like, well, that's the holy bread. Oh, the holy bread. Choir, kick off a song about the holy bread. You were supposed to be able to glance in there and see, praise the Lord. Remember Revelation 3? I will come into him and dine with him and sup with him. Jesus even gave a parable and said, and said that his Lord would come in and tell the slaves to sit down and the Lord would serve them. And that's when Jesus, remember we also, Jesus himself also washed the disciples' feet that one time. We don't even want to have a candy bar with the Lord. We think, well, the Lord's too, he's, he's, he's too busy for me. That's how people get off course. The bread of his presence. Anyway, notice this. What's more, we've recovered the sanctified utensils thrown away by your dad when he closed the temple. There beside the altar of the Lord. Okay, early the next morning, Hezekiah went to the temple with the city officials, taking seven young bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, male goats for the sin offering uh, of, the, of the temple. In other words, these were things that you just did. I mean... Uh, he instructed the priests, the sons of Aaron, to sacrifice them on the altar. They killed the young bulls and the priests and the blood they sprinkled on the altar. See, if you, if, you, if you go back and read the rules that were laid out in Leviticus, it was so neat. It was for families and for uh, everybody and whatever. We should never worry about, how am I ever going to face the Lord? I'm going to be in so much trouble. No, you're not. The blood has been sprinkled all over the altar. Now, let me stop here and show you this over here. We're at 2922. Let's go see something Jesus said over here in John chapter, I believe it's five. Mm, I think it's six. It's six, yeah. Let's go down here to six, around verse 22. Let's see, 22. No, okay, it's not, it's five. Okay, back up one. Five, 22. Look at this. Verse 24, I say emphatically. Now, if Jesus said, I'm going to tell you something emphatically, do you think he's serious about it? <laughs> yes. Anyone who listens to my message. Oh, let me finish out, Lord. And never misses a day at church and swims the ocean and never does this and never does this and all those other cool rules you wrote that I know I, I, I know there's things. So, no, it's not what he said. Whoever believes in God who sent me has eternal life. Look at this. And will never be damned for his sins. Now you don't need to get that from a preacher. You need to get that from your book, your historic book. And don't let anybody ever change that for you. Praise the Lord. You know, we are never going to be damned for our sins. Praise the Lord. Now, back up to what Hezekiah was doing over there. All those sacrifices went back into operation because it showed them that uh, God, God had told them, said, don't kill yourself. We're going to kill those lambs and stuff. And it's going to represent you. You know, praise the Lord. All right, let's get back over here to wherever we're. King, 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 king. Where are we at? Where, where were we? 29. Oh, 29. Keep going, yeah. Jotham, Ahaz, there we go, Hezekiah. All right, so here we go. So now we got all these offerings going. Remember, he said we're going to have one for the nation. Praise the Lord. Okay. All right, they did all these. Uh, let's see. Yeah, here comes all those sacrifices. They killed the young bulls. The priests took the blood. They sprinkled it on the altar. Uh, by the, you know, oh, the blood of Jesus. That's what it's all about. 
But see, we can go over the blood of Jesus and we think, well, that's not going to do no good. Hezekiah completely took his whole nation, not just a few of the praying ones. The whole nation was fixed because of this. Everybody got involved in this covenant. They said, the Lord's our Lord. Now I want you to watch how great the prosperity took place for them all. Okay, so anyway, they offered the, on, the, on, the, uh, on the altar. Okay, for the king had uh, specified the burnt offering and the sin offering must be sacrificed for the whole nation. Then they had to show the daily one. The Levites, they got it in an orchestral group using symbols, psalteries, and harps. This was in accordance with David. You'd have found this out earlier. Okay, they received the instructions. Okay, and then the trumpets were starting to blow. Okay, wow. The burnt offerings were placed on the altar. Wow. Okay, throughout the entire ceremony, everyone worshiped the Lord as the singers sang. Afterward, the king and his aides, they bowed low before the Lord in worship. He ordered the Levites to be singing, all this kind of stuff. Okay, this consecration is now ended. Hezekiah said, now bring your sacrifices and thank offerings. And so all the people started bringing it. It was like the Passover. Actually, that's what's fixing to take place here. All this happened. Oh, okay. Now, Notice this, it said there was just a, there was a few priests to, uh, to help because, remember, their dad had shut everything down. All the priests went running for their lives. Anyway, they're all starting to come back. Watch this. So anyway, uh, there were a few priests to prepare the burnt offerings, so the brother Levites helped them until the work was finished. That's because all these people were bringing in their offerings. I mean, and, and the, the, the offerings were being put on the, on the altar. You know, the blood was being sprinkled. I mean, this was going... That, you saw the numbers. Look, there they were. A hundred rams, two hundred lambs in addition to the six hundred, three hundred, and then there was more up above. Okay. Anyway, there was an abundance of burnt offerings and the usual drink offering with each and many peace offerings. Drink offering. What do you mean? We all got to have water. Trust me, it wasn't water. You don't have to mention that. Praise the Lord. It's just how far we've gotten away from the Lord. It's just, you know, where we get the toast from. Let's have a toast tonight. That's the same thing, except you bring the Lord involved in on it. And yet today we think, I'm going to heaven because I won't toast. We should be toasting to the Lord every day. Lord, I'm going to make a toast. I want to thank you that you're in my life. And it's not just the, the Lord's Supper and stuff. Well, that's a good opportunity there too, but it's all the time. Wow. Okay, the drink offering, many peace offerings. So the temple was restored. Okay, all this stuff. Hezekiah and all. Look at that. Hezekiah and the people were very sad because they got religion back in their life. No, they were happy. I mean, man, their dad had crashed the whole nation by worshiping the sun god and worshiping Baal and, and Ahaz. Don't you know Hezekiah was glad he wasn't one that was tossed to the fire? Daddy, you going to throw me in the fire this week? No, I'm going to use your brother. God, gee. And we wonder why God was so hot at him. Are you kidding? And besides, you, know, you have to realize God made a covenant. Moses made a covenant. God put it this way. He said, now we're going to have a covenant. You know how that goes. Like when you download an app and you have to agree with the terms and stuff. There was, they agreed to it. All these blessings, all these curses. Yeah, we take them. If we don't ever worship you, we'll take them curses. But we're going to take these blessings because we love you. They signed up for it. That's the reason all this bad stuff was whoo, wiped them out. When they, when they broke the covenant, they were in deep trouble. All right, see what happened next. So the next chapter, he now sent letters throughout all Israel, uh, inviting everybody to come to the Passover celebration. Passover? What's that? Now, we know what the Passover is. That's when the death angel went through Egypt, and it was supposed to be a yearly festival that took place to remind them of what? Remember, the death angel, it destroyed the firstborn in every family. Except it didn't touch any of the Israelites. That's because they did what the Lord said, do. Take a, a lamb, you know, 
And the Passover is just what it is. I don't know how you want to describe it. A deer jumping over a fence or whatever. You're on the fence and the deer... The death angel goes over you. But today we believe sometimes the death angel just runs right through me. Had a car wreck the other day and half of us died and whatever. That's not supposed to happen. The Passover. It was the last miracle the Lord did in, uh, in Exodus in Egypt. And, and the Bible says he destroyed the gods of the Egyptians. He didn't destroy himself and he sure didn't destroy his people. Okay. <clears throat> so anyway, this Passover celebration... And there was so much detail about that. They were, they were supposed to do this so that they could tell their kids and, and their daddy, go, why, Daddy, why, why we, why we, what's the Passover all about? Oh, let me tell you what happened. Boy, back down Moses' land and, and Pharaoh and you know, the Egyptians, whatever. Boy, I tell you what, we were all slaves and things were hard. And I tell you, boy, God got us out of there. And the very last thing he did before he split the Red Sea was, man, one night he came through there. The death angel killed all the firstborn. Didn't kill you. You're my oldest boy. You're living proof. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. They figured it out. So anyway, they're having a, a reenactment of this celebration. You mean a religious ceremony? It was a celebration. Man, they haul the booze in there. That stuff was in there too. It's the drink offering. This was tailgate central. And you were happy about it. We got it so backward today. Anyway, I don't read all this because I'm going to get to the next chapter. So anyway, so they, they had this, uh, uh, they had this um, ceremony. But anyway, he was telling everybody, come back to the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. The king's letter said, so that he will return to us all that have escaped uh, from the power of the king of Assyria. See, Assyria had already attacked the southern part of Israel and wiped out that king and was heading, this was Nebuchadnezzar, and was heading for Jerusalem. But it wasn't going to happen yet because this guy here is serving the Lord. And so the town, they were all all right. Hezekiah's bunch was fine. But anyway, notice this little phrase here. He says, if we'll turn back to the Lord, he will return to us those who have escaped uh, of the power of the king of Assyria. In other words, there were already some that were taken prisoner. And he said, Hezekiah said, they'll come back. They'll come back. Well, see, the reason he could say that is because God, uh, even Solomon prayed that prayer too. Moses prayed that prayer. You know, like Solomon, you remember what Solomon said, if my people which are called by my name. That's when Solomon made that prayer. And all these other little things that were taking place during that time too. He said, if, if they'll just turn their hearts to the Lord, then God will bring them back. Okay. So anyway, here's what happened here. So they had this big, uh, they had this big um, celebration. And it was so large, they assembled at Jerusalem in the month of May for the Passover celebration. They worked, uh, they set to work and destroyed the heathen altars in Jerusalem. They knocked down the incense altars and they threw them in the, in the uh, Kidron uh, Brook. On the first day of May, the people killed their Passover lambs. Then the priests and the Levites became ashamed of themselves for not taking a more active part. They got on the ball. They sanctified themselves and they got involved. They stood at their post, instructed by the law of Moses, the man of God, the priest, and they sprinkled the blood, okay, which was part of the program. Okay. All right. Now, uh, let me skip here a little bit. Let's see. Oh... Anyway, there was a bunch of people that got there late, and Hezekiah notices he prayed for them that they were permitted to eat the Passover, even though this was contrary to God's rules. But Hezekiah said, May the good Lord pardon everyone who is determined to follow the Lord his God of his fathers, even though he's not properly sanctified. Look at this. And the Lord listened to Hezekiah's prayer and did not destroy them. Wow. So Israel celebrated the Passover at Jerusalem. For seven days with great joy. Meanwhile, the Levites, boy, they praised the Lord, had a great time. Anyway, then they went on seven more days, peace offerings. The people confessed their sins to the Lord. Okay. Notice this. 
depression continued? No, it said enthusiasm continued, okay? It was so unanimously decided to, con- they, they went another seven days. Who wants to listen to Richard preach another hour and a half? I mean, God, we want out of here, you know? That was the excitement going on. It's, but it's not about a person, we're talking about the Lord here. Now look what Hezekiah did. Can you imagine how much blood is being sprinkled everywhere? Hezekiah gave a thousand young bulls, 7,000 sheep. The princes donated another thousand bulls. Actually, that's the reason these other Levites had to step up and help. Anyway, together with the priests, the Levites, the foreign residents, the visitors, they were filled with deep sorrow. Oh, oh, excuse me, deep joy. For Jerusalem hadn't seen a celebration like this since the days of King David's son Solomon, which you could read about in 1 Chronicles, you know, uh, chapter 8 or chapter 5, right in that area. It's all time-oriented. You can find it. So the priests and the Levites, they stood and they blessed the people. Oh, bless your darling heart. Bless you, bless you, bless you. It wasn't just bless you. It was praise the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and give you peace. Everything you touch turned to gold. That's the blessing. And if it wasn't working, you turned around, you went and walked back in, you found you a Levite and said, hey, I'm still having some trouble here. And they said, well, what's the problem? And they said, well, let's, let's go talk to the priest. And the priest didn't say, well, you know, sometimes good happens and sometimes bad. No, the priest said, let's go to the Lord. And you'd bring your offering to the Lord and the stuff would get turned around. Jesus said it himself. He said, I've come to you might have life and have it what? More abundantly. And he said, contrasted with that, the thief comes to kill and destroy All right, here's the example. Notice this. And the Lord heard their prayers from his temple in heaven. Praise the Lord. All right, here's where it's going to hit the fan. Afterward, a massive campaign. Uh, Anyway, they still were wiping out all these idols that were across the land. Let's see. It's actually in the next chapter. Let's see. Oh, I want to get into this anyway. We'll have to. Anyway, nonetheless, there's a big army that's going to try to attack them, and they're never going to get anywhere. But now watch this. Hezekiah now organized the priests, the Levites, into service corps because they were, we're back serving the Lord. Got all these guys back in order again, wanted people singing all the time, wanted all these offerings to be taken care of. All the, it was a morning sacrifice, an evening sacrifice, and then you could show up with your goat or cow or whatever anytime you needed to. Okay. And this was in accordance with what the Lord had set up. And remember, the Lord didn't set this up to be hard on them. He set it up to bless them. All right, in addition, he required the people in Jerusalem to bring their, look at that, the tithes. What's that? Well, it's just, I mean, it's 10% of their income, whatever. But I want you to see something. He, uh, he required the people of Jerusalem to bring their tithes to the priest and leave it so they wouldn't need to, to seek other employment but could apply themselves to their duties as required by God. Now watch what happened. Now remember, this whole nation has already made a covenant. We're going to serve you as the Lord. We want you to be the Lord. You're going to take care of us. You know, well, we're going to follow you. We're not going to worship idols anymore. We're going to trust you. <sighs> Look at this. The people responded immediately and generously uh, uh, with, their, with their crops and grains, new wine. Well, we don't want no wine at the church. I don't think so. I think you did. Olive oil, money, everything else, a tithe of all they owned as required by the law of the Lord their God. See, Numbers laid this out, the instructions. Now watch what happened. Everything was laid out in great piles. Great piles. Everybody's dirt broke. What's going on? No, there were great piles. The people who had moved to Judah and the other nation tribes and the people of Judah living in the province, they brought in tithes of their cattle, sheep, and they brought the tithes of dedicated things to the Lord. They piled them up in great heaps. We ain't even near done. Watch this. 
The first of these tithes arrived in June, and then piles continued to grow until October. Does this sound like somebody's keeping records? <laughs> yes, they were keeping records. Okay. When Hezekiah and his officials saw these huge piles, they blessed the Lord and praised his people. Wow. Where'd all this come from, Hezekiah said. Yeah. And where's all this stuff coming from that's blessing you today? It's coming from the Lord. You know, the Bible tells us it's God that gives you the power to get wealth. But sometimes we forget it. We think, well, I just ain't got no education. Or now I got an education. I'm a big dog now. You know, as long as the president don't screw things up, you know, and the Democrats don't foul things up, and then the Alabama legislation. It's Jesus. It doesn't matter about these other guys. Where'd all this come from, Hezekiah asked the priest. Well, first off, you don't want to ask a priest, a religious guy. Oh, yeah, you do, too. Azariah, the high priest of the clan of Zadok, somebody who didn't exist. Oh, yeah, they did as his genealogist. He said, my dad, these are tithes. We've been eating from these store of food, for, of food for many weeks. But all this is left over. The Lord has blessed his people. Praise the Lord. Now, why do we have these details? Well, it's certainly not to remember a guy by the name of Hezekiah. Yeah, there was a king, Hezekiah. Looks to me like this is related to all the people. Of course, Hezekiah was blessed too. Wow, Hezekiah prepared storerooms in the temple. All the dedicated supplies were brought into the Lord's house. Conan, the Levite, was put in charge, assisted by his brother. Okay, and these were the other uh, gatekeeper guys. Okay, these guys, these guys, these guys. Wow, anyway, they distributed all these things to these guys. Hey, look at this little note right here. The priests were listed in the genealogical register by clans. See, this is not fairy tales. They have track of it. <clears throat> okay, well, we're going to run out of time here, so I'm going to have to stop. But anyway, uh, when, we got to, when he got all the way back down to the end of this thing, uh, they worked very hard and had respect for the temple and all this kind of stuff. Quite unlike uh, <clears throat> his dad. Now, if you knew you're in Alabama and you heard Georgia just got taken over by the bad guys, you'd get a little worried, especially if you knew how bad that bad guy was. He'd been wiping out Tennessee, took out Kentucky, took out Florida, little Alabama's by itself. But you're still holding strong because what have you been doing? You've been serving the Lord. And the Lord said he'd take care of you. This guy's written in your Western Civ book, Sennacherib. Oh, he don't exist either. Oh, yeah, he does. And he come knocking on Israel's door to blow them away. And we don't have time to get to this, but uh, it makes sense. He called everybody together. Hezekiah did. And they prayed. They asked the Lord to get them, to get them out. Uh, Isaiah showed up. Isaiah was there. He said, don't worry about this guy. He's going to get wiped out. And anyway, uh, uh, notice what Sennacherib said. He said, do you think you can survive my siege? King Hezekiah is trying to persuade you to commit suicide by staying there. You're going to die by famine or thirst. While he promises that the Lord will deliver us from the king of Assyria. Don't you realize Hezekiah is the very one that destroyed the idols? And commanded Jude and Jerusalem to use only one altar and to burn incense upon it. Don't you realize the other kings of Israel before me have never failed to conquer a nation we attacked? Notice this. He says the gods of those nations weren't able to save their lands. But guess what? Our God's going to save us. Don't let Hezekiah fool you. Don't believe him. I say it again. No God in any nation has ever been able to rescue his people from me or my ancestors. How much less this God of yours? Boy, he just mocked Hezekiah. Anyway, uh, so he sent these terrible letters uh, to try to dishearten, these, dis, dishearten uh, 
the people right there. But notice this. Then King Hezekiah and Isaiah the prophet, they cried out in a prayer to God. And the Lord sent an angel and destroyed the Syrian, uh, the Assyrian army and its officials and generals. I mean, this was... I mean, this story... Remember, this happened last week when we were looking at Jehoshaphat. Same thing. This thing here... Huh, antivirus. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Here we go. But anyway, same thing right here. Praise the Lord. Wow. Just amazing. I mean, anyway, we, we're, we're not in time here. But I do want to summarize the very next... Well, actually, a little part right down here at the end. And Isaiah records this too. Because Isaiah the prophet was here. Hezekiah, right after this, he's told, set your house in order, you're going to die. And Hezekiah, what did he do? He asked the Lord for help. You know, and the Lord healed him or whatever and he had got gave 15 more years to his life praise the lord i don't understand why this king oh please go read the chapter before if you want a life like the other king do what that other king does don't even think that the lord's involved in your life don't even ask the lord for his help and you'll go down fast but if you do like hezekiah and the people were doing they're like man i need your help i want your help i gotta have your help you are my only god Wow, look at all these blessings and prosperity. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. If we're hurting financially, you'll fix that. And if there's some other problem, we, it looks like there's no hope. Oh, there is hope. Praise the Lord. There's too many miracles listed in the Bible oh, to show us that is anything too hard for the Lord. You'll fix it. And we just thank you for it. So, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to take names and, and dates and times of what you've done for us in our life. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs>